Hi, my name is Harrison Gardner. I'm the author of Build Your Own, and I'm the co-founder of Common Knowledge Center for Sustainable Living. And this is my interview on Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat. Coming up on Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat. Once you realize that you can learn the fundamentals of building in a week, what else could you learn in a week? What other aspects of your life are you currently subcontracting out to someone else that, that you could take on yourself? Because I think we lose something when we start subcontracting every difficult thing that we have to do in our life. We, we lose this potential daily sense of satisfaction and accomplishment that we are, we're doing it, we're living, we're, we're making our way through life and we're finding problems and we're facing them and we're solving them. We have a great show lined up for you today with a man who wants us to take on the building of our lives ourselves. Harrison Gardner joins us on the show and he's recently released a new book called Build Your Own with Gill Books and has an RTE TV series coming up of the same name. You should definitely check him out at harrisongardner.net. So looking forward to diving in with Harrison and his excellent insights on how we can live a different life and a different approach to the way we are at the moment. But before we get into the show, a quick thank you to the overarching sponsor, it's Hawara, and you can check it out at hawaralife.com. That's H-A-U-O-R-A life.com. Now let's get into the episode with the excellent Harrison Gardner. Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high-performing individuals tick, why they do what they do, and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons, and learnings. Today we spoke with Harrison Gardner, builder, teacher, author, and co-founder of Common Knowledge. Harrison has learned about building and sustainability from his travels from his home country, Australia, to Kenya, India, South America, North America, now rooted in County Clare, Ireland, in his own homemade renovated castle. His 15 years experience designing and managing the construction of conventional, sustainable and alternative buildings worldwide to an elite level. His current focus is on facilitating the construction of community and connection spaces while teaching the core construction skills, principles and techniques needed to build more efficient, affordable and sustainable structures. He's currently filming Build Your Own, a five-part TV series with RTE due to broadcast alongside the publishing of his new book, Build Your Own, Use What You Have to Create What You Need. A co-founder of Common Knowledge, the non-profit social enterprise focused on sharing skills for a sustainable life. This show is about people who perform to a high performing level in their respective field. And Harrison is educating and empowering individuals to take ownership and understand their homes, their happiness, and their livelihoods. We unpacked the wealth of time versus the wealth of money, how Harrison pivoted into teaching, and what his five-day course is all about. We asked what people want to learn about when they study with him, pizza ovens, and also the similarities between Down Under and here in Ireland. This one really fed our curiosity. Harrison, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Really looking forward to sharing your world with our listeners. Thanks for having me. Sharon and I were just talking before we were speaking to you and we, um, we said, you know, we actually haven't had someone with Harrison's background on the show before, but there is so much in this that I think people will will learn about. We're, Kieran's actually building a house currently. I'm, I'm doing a bit of work in my house at the moment, but even the sustainability piece, we'd love for you to just share a little bit about who you are and what you're currently doing. 
Sure, of course, yeah. So um, I, I guess I, I still call myself a builder, even though I probably spend a lot more time teaching and talking about building than I do with, with tools in my hand at the moment. Uh, most of the time I get to spend actually building is, is my time off when I get to, to make things for myself or the home or for, for, my, uh, for my family. But I, I've been teaching people how to build for about 10 years now, um, all across the world in, in different settings and climates and different situations. And I, I used to teach very specific methods of building, teaching very specific building styles and, and, and types of building. And across all the different variations of building that I taught, the one thing that stuck out to me was that while people might have been signing up to these building courses to learn, say, off-grid living or how to build sustainable structures or whatever it was, what they got most excited about was using tools for the first time, being told that they're allowed to build something, realizing that they can actually create a shape and a shelter uh, out of out of some very basic materials, and and that's really what I what I hung on to and what impacted me the most over the years. Because settling down here in Ireland and and starting to teach people here, that's where I started. I started with the the core fundamentals of buildings and how buildings work, and I focused on that. And it grew over the last few years until it very recently turned into common knowledge which is our new social enterprise, which is focused on exactly that, teaching the, the fundamentals of building and the basic ideas around the skills and knowledge and community we might need to lead a more sustainable life. That's brilliant. I just straight away thinking about your working as a builder for so long, and then you transition into teaching. How was that transition? How did you package lessons so people could resonate with what you were trying to deliver? Because it's not always easy to distill knowledge that we have. Sure. Well, I guess it stems back to why I became a builder in the first place. You know, I was always ebbing and flowing between hospitality and construction. And I, I realized that in Australia, I was never going to be able to afford to buy a finished house. That was an unachievable goal for, for me. So I decided I should just learn how to build a house so that I wasn't going to have to buy a finished house. And so from, from the age of 16, I started working in construction. I was sweeping floors and apprenticing and, and learning and slowly got onto the tools and started doing different jobs and, and learned how to build conventional structures. And then I started traveling and, and taking those skills outside. Uh, of Australia and and adapting them to different climates and different settings and different cultures. And and then it, it started going back and forth where I would share what I knew and other people would share back with me. And I guess at some point I decided that I was going to commit to building. I was always, like I said, jumping back and forth between hospitality and and construction. And building felt like somewhere where the ideas could could grow perpetually where there, there was never going to be an end to to people needing shelter and needing to customize the shelter and create it for themselves and and so i went into building and i was building for people as a builder and i had clients and i did that for many years and there were pros and cons to to those relationships of of being a, an employee i suppose um or not an employee but a contractor for a client and and there were many things about those relationships that I, I didn't enjoy. The conversations were hard because 
the the people that I was doing the work for didn't always have the the terminology or the experience or or the understanding of materials that that I did and so there were you know conflicts over the years on the best way to do something or the best way to approach something and so I I started spending a lot more time working with clients and helping them create their own spaces and and spending a lot of that time teaching them what I knew and the experiences I'd had up to their point and developing designs and ideas together. And and then that's led into now teaching people how to take those ideas and that knowledge and those basic principles of building and go out and build their own spaces and their own structures. And, And that feels like the space where I can have the most impact at the moment is by giving people the the tools and the skills and the knowledge they, they would need to create their own spaces rather than relying on someone else to create them for them. Hmm. Harrison, there's so much there that's jumping out to us. I mean, we, we'd often say in our work, a big objective for us is to empower and educate others so that they can look after their own well-being and their health. And you've already touched on it a couple of minutes ago, and we're, we're very intrigued by your, your non-for-profit, but what's common knowledge all about and how was that formed and really what are you trying to do with that? Yeah, so so common knowledge was was an evolution of of this build school that I've been running for the last few years, and the build school's primary objective was to teach people how to build their own spaces. And so, I I took the the core principles of what makes a home a home, how to construct a home, and I created some classes around them. I adapted previous learnings and classes that I'd done over the years from from other projects as well. And I created a five-day course which covers everything from dirt to doorknobs of of how to build a building. And it's not meant to be a how-to guide, but more of a a how-it-works guide. I'm not telling people to build timber houses or block houses or earthen houses or whatever whatever style I I might be excited about at the moment, but I'm explaining how the principles that apply to one building, apply to all buildings. And once you understand those principles, ideas of gravity and load disbursement and thermal movement, these these ideas that, or these words that can seem big and a little intimidating if if you haven't had a half an hour discussion to to understand what they mean, um, how those principles apply to, to every style of building. And so what we're doing with Common Knowledge now is opening the doors up to construction just being one aspect of leading a sustainable, healthy, and and happy life. And for me, having some control over your own shelter, how it's made, what it looks like, what it feels like, far past the point of just choosing the paint color that goes on the walls is a really integral part of my happiness. And in my experience, a lot of other people's happiness. The, the, The joy that some of the past students write to me with talking about the way that they've changed their spaces to suit their needs after the things they've learned on the course has been really, really powerful and really encouraging and, and, and encouraging us to keep growing and changing it to, to include more ideas because I, I totally understand to uh, someone new to the idea that learning the core concepts of how to build your own house in a week seems like a, a, a huge thing to take on. But it is possible, and we've had over 250 people come through the course and and learn these ideas, and they tell their friends, and their friends come, and we're looking at having over 400 people come through the course this year. 
once you realize that you can learn the fundamentals of building in a week, what else could you learn in a week? What other aspects of your life are you currently subcontracting out to someone else that, that you could take on yourself? Because I think we lose something when we start subcontracting every difficult thing that we have to do in our life. We, we lose this potential daily sense of satisfaction and accomplishment that we are, we're doing it, we're living, we're, we're making our way through life and we're finding problems and we're facing them and we're solving them. Um, and we live in a world that has become hyper-specialized where we're encouraged to be, to be very, very good in, in one thing and to let all the other parts of our life be managed by someone else. And I don't know that that's the path to, to happiness for everyone. I think for some people that's going to work, but, but for others, for myself, I, I like to have a little more autonomy over, over what I'm doing and how I do it and, and how the things in my life work for me. It's really interesting, something about outsourcing and maybe a hyperactive approach to productivity that has taken the world by storm over the last few years. But just going back to the course and people coming out of it, something that's really resonating and actually making me think a lot is when people leave the course, if I was doing it, for example, I, I don't know whether I'd have the confidence to take on a home build or a home renovation, given the fact of the downside, if I hit a water pipe, if I affected something longer term, if I caused structural damage, is there any confidence building pieces you do within the course or maybe other things like that to get people ready to actually take it on for themselves as well? Yeah, the, the whole course is, is confidence building. You know, the subject matter is, is, not, is not that in-depth, but the, the teaching style is, is designed to, to help everyone understand that these concepts are really within their grasp. And we spend a lot of time on really basic ideas and and by teaching the core principles of how something's done, we're simultaneously teaching how to build something and how to repair something. So it's, it's, it's not, this isn't like an Ikea toolkit where you're given a step-by-step -step guide to, to how to build a wall. It's, it's much more like a, um, it's much more like learning, learning the understandings of what makes that wall stand up, what forces are being applied to it and how to resist them. And that sounds huge in a, in a, you know, 11 minutes into a podcast that, that we can be talking about uh, concepts like that. But by the end of the first class on day one, everybody has an understanding of gravity, how it affects our buildings, the different forces that are applied to our walls, and all the different ways they apply to all the different materials that you could possibly use. And, and we do that by not talking about any one material, but by talking about the principles behind them all. And I, I try to illustrate it as, as simply and, and clearly as I can uh, in the course and, and in, the, in the book that's coming out um, on exactly how, how these principles are essentially instinctual, right? These, these aren't new ideas. The, nothing that we teach is a new revolutionary solution to a new problem because most of the problems are old and most of the problems that we're trying to solve today are actually the side effects of the solutions we've been implementing for, for the last 10 or, or 20 years. And what it takes to solve some of the bigger, the bigger problems when it comes to building and and what it takes to understand some of the bigger concepts when it comes to building 
is not to be looking for new solutions, but to try and figure out where we went wrong, where we started implementing short-term solutions instead of long-term solutions. When we started prioritizing uh, finances or speed and efficiency over doing something that will last potentially forever, because that's how we used to build buildings. You know, I live in a in a stone cottage in County Clare that was built 200 years ago. And I, I added an extension to it. I adapted it. I, I tore out the old renovations to, to really celebrate the work that was done by the builders 200 years ago. And I would absolutely consider it a, a collaboration, what that house is now, because I didn't undo any of the work that they did. They did an incredible job. And it's very likely that the work that they did 200 years ago would last longer than the work that I did five years ago. Harrison, when people go on one of these courses, what are, what are the questions they're, they're trying to answer? What, what do they want to build? I, for one, would love a pizza oven in my house. Um, mm-hmm. So what's the, what are the things that people are curious about really learning about building? David, it just so happens we're running a, bit, a pizza oven course uh, at the end of this month, on the 30th of this month, which you should absolutely come to. But to, to, answer, your, to answer your question more, more wholly, everyone is different. That's what's, that's what's so amazing about people is that we all, we all need shelter, we all need a home, but we all have a different idea of what that means and what that is. And the biggest thing that people need is the belief that they can do it. And so what we do on the course is we break the course down into half a day learning some theory. So every morning we're in the classroom together, we're working through ideas, we're working through them together. It's not a lecture. We, we go back and forth, we share ideas, we workshop things and say the five days, Monday is, is gravity, Tuesday is thermal movement, heat and cold and how temperature works within a house. Wednesday is electricity, the the principles of how electricity works, and then all the possible ways that we can create it, use it, harness it, and save it. Day four is septic systems, clean water, and, and and alternative options to dealing with our waste, because it's not a subject that we talk about enough. That's one that might not be relevant to a lot of people coming from the city, but it's a topic that that has been weirdly culturally taboo for way too long. We, we should all understand where our wastewater is going and what's happening with it, even when it's on a city-wide scale or a town-wide scale, but especially when it's independent, when it's on your own land and when you're actually deciding how that water is dealt with. And then day five is all about water filtration and, and cleaning water for drinking. And uh, that, that last topic is not a huge thing in Ireland yet, it was for a moment when the water taxes were suggested and introduced, I was getting asked to speak to community groups in pubs and libraries and coffee shops all over the country to, to teach them how to catch rainwater and filter it and use it to, to, uh, to keep their house going. And then the second the taxes got dropped, everyone forgot about that idea. But it, it's, not, it's not that far-fetched an idea and we got a taste of it that we may have to pay for water at some point. And coming from Australia, where I grew up in, in seven years of a drought, um, the abundance of water here is, is almost magical. And, and it, it does feel like a huge resource that we are 
mismanaging right now because we have so much of it. And so we're, we're trying to, again, start the conversation and share the ideas around how to use that better. Now, that's the first half of the day on these courses. The second half of the day, we build a building from start to finish every week. So on, on day one, we start with foundations. Day two, we put the wall structures up. Day three, we clad it. Day four, we put the roof on it. Day five, we fit the doors and windows and we start insulating it. And I think the combination of these two things of talking about the principles that make something work and then being a part of building from nothing to an enclosed shelter in, in five days is what it takes to transform the fear and the questions into confidence that while you might not be ready to go and take on a whole project on your own after five days, you know that it's possible. You've seen it. You've been a part of it. And you know that you can learn what you need to learn to make that happen. And at the very least, you've, you've spent five whole days in conversation about structure. And everybody should be able to have a conversation about their home, about what they need their home to do for them, whether they're talking to their builder or their architect or their friends or their parents or their children or their partner, whatever it is. We, we need to understand more about our homes for these conversations to lead to positive outcomes for everyone. Just thinking about building a home from scratch. Because that's what Kiron's doing. So this is a personal question and I'm trying to get answers here for myself. <laughs> if, we're, if we're thinking about the cost difference between maybe, I think you mentioned before in an article that you had bought your home for 40,000 and you, you put maybe 80,000 euro into. Uh, bought the house for 80 and put 40 into it. A lot of people seem to be looking at building something away from the main cities, away from Cork, away from Dublin, away from these hubs where business usually takes place because of what's happened with online interaction, being able to work remotely. How much of a, how much of a benefit is it for someone to look towards that, seeing something that has been around for a few hundred years or 50 years or so, and then putting their own time and effort into building and using that cost benefit to really making something for themselves? Firstly, if you're buying a finished house, more than 50% of the cost is the labor that it took to build that house. So by taking on every piece of the, the, the pie, every piece of the puzzle that you take on yourself, you, you're actively saving money. And now it just depends what you're wealthy in. Some people are wealthy in money. Some people are wealthy in time. And if you're wealthy in time, then taking on some of the laborious, repetitive tasks around a building site is the easiest first step to saving a huge amount of money on your project. The idea of moving out to the countryside and looking at these older buildings, you could, and many people will argue that it is more cost effective to knock down a structure and build it again from scratch. And when money is the only priority, when money is the only thing that you're, you're considering, there are some cases where that would be true, but I don't think it's every case. And I think it takes considering alternative building methods to to really decide what the best thing is to do for these structures. Ireland is covered in derelict and empty houses and it's it's incredible. They're everywhere. The the town I live in, very close to me here in Ennis Diamond, is bustling, it's thriving, it feels full, but 40% of the houses are empty year round. And those empty houses could be filled with the families that are knocking on my door and sending me emails asking if there's any rental accommodation or any houses for sale nearby. And 
we we need to start looking at these these homes these these derelict homes and these these broken down homes as potential future homes um there's there's so many alternative building methods that are really designed to work with old structures that are celebrating the way that they were built and are adapting some of our new ideas and new new technologies to those old styles of building these these stone cottages and um and there's even some earthen cottages dot, dotted around the countryside the old brick cottages from the the early 1900s as well um there's there's beautiful ways to kind of adapt a lot of our our new solutions to these buildings to make them warmer to make them airtight to make them all the things that we we consider to be uh, efficient and suitable home now if you're someone new to the property game or you're someone who's taken on a home recently and is looking to renovate it mm. that often we look as you've mentioned externally to get people in and that's when the costs come in so to hear 50 percent of the cost goes to labor it's mm. huge i don't think we would have expected that it's huge you know, and i can and harrison just as a side we, we went to uh we had a hike recently in a place called the galties over the weekend and on that trip out in County Tipperary, County Limerick, my wife actually remarked to me and said, look at all these houses, these abandoned houses. And I have a four and a half year old who was also saying, what happened to that house? What happened to that house? What happened to that house? All these, like 50% of the houses on this road to the Galtys, and we were just taken away by it. But to your point, something could be done with those to make those into a home. So it's uh, definitely something to think about. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's heartbreaking seeing, especially just how beautiful some of these homes are and the locations that they're in. Um, it would be so beautiful to fill them up, uh, especially when we're experiencing such a, a shortage here. But, you know, this idea of, of so much money getting tied up in the labor of a house, it's, it makes sense when you think about it. It, it, it takes time. It takes energy. It, it's, it's, it's just a different cost, right? Money isn't the only cost. We have to consider time and we, we consider skill and experience as well. But if you're to think how long it might take a professional builder to learn how to build a house, how long their apprenticeship might be, maybe it's two or three years before they're, they're taking on these projects on their own. If you're buying a 400, 450,000 euro house and over 50% of the cost of that is in labor, that's 200,000 that you're paying someone else to do something that you could actually upskill yourself, learn the skills yourself and learn a lot of the skills yourself in a relatively short amount of time and take on portions of that project yourself. And now I'm not saying that, that you can learn everything that I've learned in 12 years of building in a week or two weeks or a year. Of course you can't, but you can learn a huge amount in a relatively short period of time. If we all spent one year learning how to build houses, we we would be able to take on 80% of the work that it takes to build our own house. And if you spend one week learning how to build a house with something like common knowledge, you're going to be able to take on 50% of the work that it takes to build your own house. And in the end, if you translate that directly to money, that means you're saving 25% of your 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 build cost. It's amazing. I think there's even value if people were still hesitant or resistant about doing it themselves to even take a course and understand the core concept. So when you have a conversation with someone who is taking on them specialist tradesmen, there are some brilliant ones and excellent ones in Ireland. 
that if you're working with them, you can understand what they're doing, you can get an insight into what they need, and you can probably make their job easier by being informed through common knowledge or being informed through one of these courses. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, a relationship with a builder or someone who's working with you, it's that the way to make that a good relationship is to have some empathy. And what you're doing when you're asking someone to build something for you is to have empathy about what you're trying to create, what you're trying to achieve for within whatever budget you're trying to achieve. And if you can show empathy towards their situation as well, the skill and experience that they've had up to that point, but also educate yourself so that you can have active conversations on what they're going through and, and what, what it means for them to be, what you're asking them to do. It's going to improve those relationships, it's going to improve those conversations, and you're going to achieve something much better and much closer to what you're looking for if both people are actively part of that conversation. But, uh, you, you have a course out there as well, Build Everything Out of Anything. What's that yeah. all about? Because that sounds really interesting. The Build Everything Out of Anything course was what I've been doing for two and a half years until just six months ago, we, we created common knowledge and, and we, we turned it into a social enterprise. And it, it is exactly what I'm talking about. It's the, it's the concepts of structure. It's the, it's the basic ideas of building. And it is how you take any material, whether it is a material you're buying off the shelf or whether it's a material you're digging out of the ground or whether it's a material you're harvesting from a forest how those materials act and and react to each other and to the world and how to build structure out of them. I'm, I'm so aware when I'm trying to explain the course how big these concepts seem. I think it's because we, we don't use the language enough. We don't talk about building enough. And I feel like my, my real job these days is bringing the conversation of building back to the dining table, back to the walks along the beach, back to everyday conversation and away from the construction sites and the classrooms because it's, it's, not, it's not a job. It's not something you do once and forget about it. it is, it's part of our everyday life. We spend so much time in structures, in our own structures, in our homes, and it should be an active part of what we're thinking about every day the same way that we think about food two or three times a day we should be thinking about our buildings how they're working for us how we might want to change them what our dreams and aspirations are for them and constantly reevaluating that relationship we have with our structure and how how it can serve us better and really really actively choosing what we surround ourselves with rather than just resigning and adapting to make it work Harrison, the the energy is coming coming across all the way from from the banner county there and we're curious what inspired you to leave um to leave australia and come over to ireland and and start all this education teaching and building with us here yeah it it, it certainly wasn't a straight journey between australia and ireland um i actually left australia when i was 18 which is 2006 i'm 33 now and I was on the road for 10 years. Um, I first went to Kenya and I ended up spending a year in Kenya building. I then went to India 
for what was meant to be two months, which ended up being two years and, and did a lot of building and, and a lot of learning in, in India. Um, I then went to South America and learned a lot about natural building, building with straw and, and earth and other materials. And then I ended up in North America in the States, uh, learning about building with recycled materials and off grid buildings and, and different styles where where I ended up getting a job with a company called Earthship Biotexture, which are based in Taos, New Mexico. And after a few years, I, I ended up being the international foreman for Earthship Biotexture. So I was doing jobs in, everywhere but the US. So I was working in Europe, in Asia, jobs in Japan, Australia, South America, Central America. And, and I would, uh, I would get to the the location a month before the build was to start. I'd gather materials, I'd gather, I'd gather people, I'd gather the resources we need. And then the students would fly in, the crew would fly in, we'd build a building in a month together. Uh, we'd teach always while we were doing it and we'd leave the building behind. And when I came to Ireland, I was, I had just finished a job in, in Iceland and I was heading to my next job in Malawi and I figured that Ireland was kind of on the way it felt somewhat on the way and I had I had three months to spare and so I I came to Ireland and I met some really great people in Dublin who were all taking on their own projects in their own fields whether it was knife making or furniture making or working in restaurants or starting new restaurants but what I got was this sense of a community that were supporting each other and encouraging each other to, to take risks for the, the gain that they would have on the other side, to not, be, to not be scared of putting themselves out there and trying to create something new. And I really enjoyed being a part of that, that community and, and, uh, and helping those people in whatever way I could at the time. And... I guess I just ended up, I kept going and working overseas, but I kept coming back to Ireland. I kept feeling drawn back to coming here and, and being part of that community of people who were so encouraging and, and propelling for each other. And at some point I was, I was out on the West Coast here and I started looking at property and, and property prices and I could buy out here for 10% of what I could have bought in Australia for something similar. Um, I, I, I live on, on five acres here, 10 minutes from the ocean. I, I bought a, a 200 year old, uh, ruin, which to an Australian feels like a castle in, in my mind, if, if I can buy a building that's 200 years old and built out of stone, it's, it's a castle and it just needs, it just needs a bit of work to, to bring it back to life. And so we did, we, we brought it back to life and, uh, after I, I had the space and had it renovated, I, I met my now my now wife Erin, who uh, is Irish, and and we now have a daughter Inari, and we're we're very settled out here. But I don't think it was ever my my plan to stop here and, and settle quite so solid solidly. But I love it, and and uh, I haven't started questioning it yet at all. It's it's a really it's a beautiful it's a beautiful lifestyle out here. Um, the, the coast, the West coast of Ireland is surprisingly similar to the East coast of Australia bar the, uh, bar the rain, but the ocean moves in the same way. The cliffs look very similar. The beaches feel very similar. So there's a lot of, a lot of parts of the nature of Australia that I miss so much that I do find out here.
Yeah, I definitely hear that. I had three good friends who took over dailies in NS time and actually um, last summer, over the last year, and they have a, a huge connection to, to Claire. They really feel like they've spent some time there and it's been magic for them, so can understand why it's had such an effect on you. Yeah, just think of that. You're trying to give give back to Ireland as well by releasing a book over here and it's out with Gill Books now at the moment. Build your own. Use what you have to create what you need. When you're writing this book and when you're giving all these courses and you're having non, the non-profit organization, what is the impact you're wanting to leave with Irish people, with people you surround yourself with, and what overall anyone that comes in contact with you? I feel like I'm just answering a question that I get asked more often than, than I get asked anything else, which, which is how do people, how do, how do we get our own home? You know, so many of my peers are in a, in a similar situation to me where in a, in a, in a lifestyle setting where, where they uh, might be recently having a child or they're ready to find their own space or they might be ready to, to move out of the countryside and stop paying rent. And for me, I, I spent 10 years learning the skills I, I would need to make that a very simple, very easy thing to do. For them, it seems unreachable and impossible a lot of the time. Uh, and every way you look at this, this conundrum of being stuck paying rent, being unable to save for a mortgage because of how much rent you're paying, and then even if you are able to save to buy something old and dilapidated, that there's no way you could repay your mortgage and pay your rent at the same time. It, it's, it's, um, it's a really hard, really tricky situation to be in. And I think what I've spent the last few years doing is trying to, to craft some other options for people so that they can see other ways out other than the ways that they've been, they've been offered for the last 10 years. And they're not, they're not my ideas necessarily. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not claiming any any uh, credit for for how to build structure and how to do this. All I'm trying to do is share the the ideas and the concepts and the skills so that if people want to, if it feels like the right option for them or for some people the only option, that they can teach themselves how to build and they can take a little bit more control back. And it's not going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be easy. And there are totally times when you're going to start a renovation project and you're going to hit a water pipe and, and it's unavoidable. That's, that's life. You know, we, we, uh, we take risks, we take chances and we make mistakes and then we, we deal with them. And I think the, the goal of common knowledge is to offer as much learning and training and as much community as possible to help people not feel afraid of the potential risks that they're walking into, to not feel afraid of hitting a water pipe because it will happen. It happens to all of us. But if you've dealt with it before, if you know someone who's dealt with it before, or if you have a network of people that you can reach out to and say, help, I've just punctured a water pipe, what should I do? And and one of them is gonna write back. And I think that's been the, the beautiful byproduct of common knowledge that I never foresaw is the community that has been created around it. We have an alumni network of 250 people who are constantly reaching out to each other, saying, this is my project. Does anyone want to come and help this weekend? People going, adding their skills, adding their ideas, working on projects together. And that network is growing so quickly. And, and what people are finding, they're signing up to 
to learn how to build their own home, to learn some skills. And they, they are getting an introduction into that idea, but they're also meeting 30 people who are all looking for solutions as well and not just talking about the problems. And those 30 people are encouraging each other to take risks, to try things out, to be willing to be wrong about things because that's the reality where we're going to be wrong until we're right. And, and you've got to be willing to make some mistakes when you're trying to figure these things out until you hit the, the, right, the right solution. And the right solution is not going to be the same thing for everyone. And that's why it's so important to embrace this, this lifestyle of, of trying something, being willing to get it wrong and being ready to jump back on the horse and try it again and, and take a different approach to it. Um, and so it's been such a beautiful and, and definitely the most rewarding thing for me is seeing this network and community grow and knowing that I don't actually need to be a part of it. These people are all supporting each other and helping each other. Um, and and that, that feels like success to me, even up to this point. Harrison, thanks very much for all your sharing today. Our final question for, for an author, a, a teacher, a builder, father, someone who's rooted themselves in Clare. What does high performance mean to you, Harrison Gardner? High performance to me is exactly what I was just talking about. It's, it's trying, it's putting the energy into trying, into finding solutions and, and accepting that, that you might be the person that needs to find the solution to your unique problem. And, and while we can get inspired by other people's solutions to their unique problems, that we're going to need to adapt and and change them to suit our situation and no one else can do that for you and so for me high performance is putting putting the effort and the energy in and being your own solution finding finding your own way out of of whatever tricky situation you might be in harrison thanks very much for for sharing your story all the way from loads of different countries and everyone just check out calm knowledge your own the book tv series all those wonderful things so thanks very much for your time today harrison we really enjoyed it you're so welcome guys thank you thanks a million. thank you for listening to today's episode of sleep eat perform repeat a story of high performance this was brought to you by howora a whole person well-being company founded and run from dublin ireland find out more at howoralife.com spelt h-a-u-o-r-a life.com please rate review and share the podcast Some people want it to happen, some wish it would happen, others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan.